The 48 Laws of Power series is going to be a great way for future students and parents of students to learn about my wife and I, the founders and operators of Solid Foundations. In this series of podcasts, we will be discussing the laws of power and how we either use them or they use us. I'm sure if you are listening to this podcast, you are familiar with the Solid Foundation's mission. You know everything we do is to instill confidence in our youth. With that being said, I thought it would be cool to start a mini-series that allows us to tell stories of our past, particularly as teens and into our early 20s. These stories will describe how we personally fell victim to or used to our advantage each of the 48 laws of power that Robert Greene wrote about in his book. Don't worry, of course we will continue to do our regular program. We have plenty of guests lined up and will continue to keep uploading those important interviews. As always, I hope we deliver some value to you through our podcast. These episodes will best serve those who want power, observe power, or wish to arm themselves against power. Welcome back to our book club, where we're going over the laws, the 48 laws of power. Today, we are going to law six. Court attention at all costs. The judgment. Everything is judged by its appearance. What is unseen counts for nothing. Never let go. Never let yourself get lost in the crowd. Then or buried in oblivion. Stand out. Be conspicuous at all costs. Make yourself a magnet of attention by appearing larger, more colorful, more mysterious than the bland and the timid masses. So today we will be going over the observance or the transgression. Today we'll be going over the observance of the law. Okay. What is the observance summary of the law? Beginning in 1905, rumors started to spread throughout Paris about this oriental girl. She had started making a name for herself by dancing in a, in a private home. She was. She would wear veils and she would gradually take them off. And she was good enough to where a journalist started writing about her. And he wrote that she was a mysterious woman from the East. And she brought culture that was unknown to, Euro- to Europe at the time. And so soon everyone knew her as Mata Hari. And each time she was interviewed, her origin story would change. It was said that she was Dutch, sometimes she was Indian, and the list went on and on. Journalists, they, they didn't mind the story changing at all because they liked, the, they liked the mysterious of it and it kept people guessing and wanting to, to learn more about her. And so as her, mysteri- her mysteries grew, her popularity grew as well. And soon powerful people from all over Europe would come and watch her and she ended up making a great living. And then she started moving on to other countries, taking that, that, that her, her popularity on the road. And towards the end of World War I, she ended up being arrested for being a German spy. But it wasn't until the trials that the truth actually came out. She was actually just a girl from Holland who wanted more than um, the typical because when, where she originally originated was Paris. And a lot of girls would go to Paris, just like you always hear now. Um, you Girls want to make it in Hollywood. Well, back then they were trying to make it in Paris. And she didn't want to just be another face in the crowd. 
so she created this um, this air of mystery about her and uh, as you can see it worked very well for her but in the end it ended up uh, costing her her life Matahari and so today we're going to be going over the observance of the law and Gilbert's experience with it yeah so my my observation of the law was in junior high I was I was a, a loner big time and if it wasn't for you know a couple of people that uh, knew me from elementary school and uh, some of the people that I played sports with I probably would have went unnoticed all of junior high um, I was just I was real quiet shy so that didn't help me make any friends um, and with everybody being new to me and so at a certain point, I wanted to have some sort of social life and and make friends. And uh, the kind of group I was most attracted to was, uh, as Tupac would say, the Thug Life crew. <laughs> and uh, they seemed to just they seemed to like get girls, be so confident, have respect, have power, and um, and I wanted that. I uh, you know I grew up on the Mesa of Santa Barbara far far away from the east side and the west side you know up on the hill mm -hmm. and so i didn't i didn't know any better i just these these guys it was at la cumbra so these guys these you know yeah they, they claimed west side and so i didn't i didn't know what exactly that man or like or, or how you go about it i just thought you just say what you want to claim and then you claim it right and so uh and in, in Every time, you know, a new school year starts, you know how you can go get a new wardrobe. You go summer sh or school shopping during yeah. the summer. So I, I, uh, I got a whole new wardrobe of like Dickies, Ben Davises, Solos, like dressing how I seen them dress. And so I was stoked, excited, um, thinking that, okay, I, I, if I dress like this, um, you know, maybe they'll notice me and then I could start hanging out with them and then build some, so, some sort of friendship with them. And so, uh, it dressing like them, it did work. I did get their attention, but it wasn't necessarily the attention I wanted, you know, to them, to them, they had seen me like the year before, just this, this little, this little kid. And now the next, now I, a year later or so I show up dressing like, like a gangster. And so that, uh, that didn't go over well. And then they obviously knew that I wasn't from I didn't live around them I never hung out with them before so if they did think I was from anywhere it wasn't from their neighborhood right mm -hmm. and so I ended up getting a uh, you know uh, picked on and and kind of singled out and it just made a it made it for a horrible experience and I and of course I ended up throwing that wardrobe away and tr just trying to dress back to being as inconspicuous as possible and um and so when i graduated from junior high i ended up going to santa barbara high school which was on the opposite side of town and but i just i kept to my same wardrobe i thought okay you tried once to to make friends and be popular like you were much better off just being quiet and <laughs> staying to yourself and so i that's what i tried to do my whole freshman year but maybe uh Maybe it was me being, you know, 145 pounds at being 5'11". You know, pretty much that means I was a stick. And 
<laughs> and so uh, I didn't. And then being alone all the time, st- still, unfortunately, I ended up attracting just people who uh, seen my weakness and lack of confidence and wanted to exploit it and, you know, gave me a hard time. And so I ended up snapping one day after a particular incident happened. Um, and the the incident that happened was I was just walking through the through the main hallway and some big jock dude grabbed me by the neck and just shook me around and like and was uh, in front of his friends and called me like fresh meat and then threw me. And so that was like an incident just on top of a bunch of other incidents before. And so after that, I, I had made up my mind that uh, I needed to make a change. And my, my mind, the options in my mind were very limited because, I, again, I just went back to what I, I had thought in junior high. And it was just like, well, I'm going to be a gangster. And but but this time um, it's it's on the opposite side of the of the of the city. Right. So I uh, there's a couple people that uh, that I that I knew well enough to say. Is it okay if I start hanging out with you guys after after school and they were they were open to they were cool. You know, they they had no idea of what I had went through in, in junior high. Yeah. And so so to them i was just it was like cool whatever you want to come let's go and so from that point you know i started dressing the part again and started hanging out but i also carried a lot of those lessons back from junior high to where you can't just dress the part and be okay like you're gonna something's gonna happen so you got to take it up another another level and i knew with that was you had to be violent, you know, you had to be willing to fight and, and, and make a name for yourself. So no one would think you're weak. And, um, that's what I ended up doing. I ended up, uh, starting fights, uh, raising my hands for fights that I really had nothing to do with just anything to do. Um, you know, at, at that particular time in my life, if I could remember correctly, it wasn't so much for like, Oh, I want to, I want to, uh, I'm doing this strictly to make a name for myself so people will leave me alone. It was a lot of stuff going on inside of me that I wanted to prove to myself. And and so once I got a taste of the respect that came from it, you know, getting attention from girls, getting, um, uh, being invited to go more places and kind of like a popularity that I, that I wasn't used to, I just ended up going all in. And so... I, um, along with all what comes with, um, getting my name, I ended up getting expelled from high school. So I ended up getting expelled from Santa Barbara high and they ended up sending me to a school um, called El Puente and El Puente is not around anymore, but it was, it was called what they call a continuation school where, where if you were expelled from the school district, you would go there. So pretty much all the kids that would get in trouble and expelled from schools, it didn't matter what school, they would all go there. So I was actually pretty excited because I knew that there would be some guys there from junior high that used to give me a hard time. Excuse me. So I thought with my newfound confidence, you know, my what I thought were, were great fighting skills at the mm-hmm. time that, uh, that I was that I was anxious to prove myself to them as well 
and actually get over uh, the anxiety that I had of what would happen if I ever seen those guys again. And um, so I show up to El Puente and to my surprise, uh, the, the guy, the few guys that were there, they would either show me respect, like want to say hello, uh, want to hang out, want to be my friend, or at least keep it cool, or just kind of keep their distance. And so that that had really threw me off. I I, I went there with my guard up <laughs> and, and ready to go. And uh, I think whatever they had been hearing from what I was doing, you know, while I was in high school and and on the streets that that they uh they got this sense of a I was a different person than that they had knew back in junior high. And I think it was a, a person that they decided that they either wanted to befriend or not mess with. And um that was that kind of was my time at El Puente is like I didn't me thinking that this was going to be a place where I was going to be having to watch my back all the time and having to uh, defend myself all the time it just wasn't the case like yeah I, I did get in fights there but there was no problems at El Puente that I wasn't the instigator to, to start so you think the stories or the rumors that those guys heard were like real ones or like, did you ever hear, like, what the rumors were? Um, there would be occasions. So not not so much, like, the rumors of what was being said. But let's just say that, uh, let's just say I'd get in a fight after school at El Puente. And, and the way that it's set up is, like, there is a perimeter of teachers. and But once you get past that perimeter, like, groups are walking. So there's always groups of people and so they, a lot of the fights were seen by, by groups. And uh, I would hear, like, after events like that, buzzing in the school, like, oh, you know, I gilded this or gilded that. And so that, I could imagine what was being said. You know, that's probably what the things that they were hearing, you know, before my Apuente my days. I remember you saying that... Um you were known for your fights and there were like the school even let you go leave school early because of your repu because of that reputation but you would say that like there would even be fights that didn't even involve you yes there i think but that, i think that had to do with like a what two factors the i think the staff and the principal seeing my work ethic when it came, because I actually did well with grades in El Puente. But they, I think, yeah, you're right. They were hearing stories. And because I think I was an instigator, that they that they automatically thought I was involved or responsible for many fights that I had no, even nothing to do with. And so, yeah, they, they had made a special deal for me to let me out of school about an hour early because they were well aware that the things that happened after school and they wanted me to graduate. It could have been uh, because they wanted that statistic of another mm -hmm. kid graduating from El Puente, but it also could have been from just that I was always respectful to them and they, and they knew I was a hard worker as well. So looking back, what lessons uh, did you learn? 
so looking back you know as much i was as i would like to take credit to say oh i was this young mastermind and knew that i could make a a better life for myself by using this power i actually had no idea i was using the power it was just something that uh i actually did just with a limited mind and um and but now looking back i could see clearly especially reading the the law in the book and reading the stories and there's like yeah that's that's what i did unknowingly but that's what i did and and uh how powerful it is that it actually does work because it worked for me um also what i learned was how powerful a decision can be like i went from being a weak in a lack of confidence and me strict just making a decision and going with it gave me self like self like self-confidence and power just kind of like focused like i'm gonna make this happen and so those those were important lessons learned for me um, I do want to stress that al although they worked for me, it didn't lead to good things for me. Like it led me to getting arrested. It led me to, uh, you know, drinking, smoking, getting sent, sent to drug programs, um, injuries from fights, uh, just a lot of dysfunctional things came from that. And so I want to stress that that's not a good option to do going the route that I did mm -hmm. but but the power itself as far as um, you know creating a reputation for yourself a, a little sense of of uh, mystery about yourself and it is a good thing but like use it make better decisions than I did obviously like if I if I if I would have known about martial arts like boxing or, or jujitsu back then that would have been a great way for me to to get over my fear of fighting and, and being confrontational. And, and that would have had a lot of positive things come from it um, rather than the way I went about it, you know, and, and as far as being social and, and wanting friends, um, martial arts would have helped with that too. There's just, there's positive things out there. And so if you are gonna make a decision like I did because you're in a spot, maybe you're young, you're listening to this and you're in a spot like that, um, just make a, a wise decision and um, don't make the same mistake that I did. It's a good lesson. I feel like my experience would be like the opposite. Like, I don't know if it's the way I carried myself. I know that there was rumors around of how I would get down, but this people were like intimidated by me and it was like, I've never even fought a day in my life. <laughs> you know, I'd fight my brother, but that was about it. But, like, before I even got to my first fight, like, I already had people, like, scared of me because they heard I was I was a certain way. Or, like, I would fight a certain way. And this way. was junior high, high This school? was, like, yeah, this was junior high, I think, element, even, like, elementary school. And looking back, do you remember how, like, why they would think that? Were you, is it because how you, do you remember how you carried yourself? I, I know that I, like, carried my... I'm sure I carried myself with confidence. Um, I don't really remember what would have happened for them to to even think of that. Yeah, were you, like, a talker? You had oh, no yeah, I was, I, was, I was the opposite of you. I was, I was, like, went from group to group and never had trouble, like, finding friends. I'd had, you know, I was just... 
out there. Coming from like my perspective as a quiet kid, <laughs> when when I would see like people like you're describing yourself to be, we're just automatically intimidated by you. One, and it's either like maybe we're intimidated or we just have respect for you because you're doing what we're so afraid of. And what what I think a lot of kids um, don't understand is that all you were were strong in an area where I was weak. Yeah. There was areas where I may have been strong where you were weak, but we just see it as, oh, this person knows how to make friends. They're not afraid to talk in crowds that they're automatically we think they're tough. They could fight <laughs> and, you know, that they're that we better watch out for them. And a lot yeah. of times, you know, I'm sure you you could you could talk about some insecurities you had, even though you had those strengths. There are probably plenty of insecurities you had at that age. Oh, yeah, plenty. But I also, like, I think it was, yeah, the way I talked, the way I carried myself, which brought people to think that I can get down all crazy. And I, I was honestly, like, growing up, I was terrified if I, I was scared of confrontation. Um, but then, yeah, I, I would get it. And when I got into my first fight, I was like, okay, I could get down. But it was like all these rumors about me or, like, people, what people thought about me were already there before I even got into my first fight. What exactly were you so afraid of when it came to fighting? Oh, that's a whole another podcast because it it was like my family. Like when there was fights at my family's house, sometimes the cops were called, knives were pulled out. Like it was just a, it was it wasn't just you know two people getting down. It was a little more intense than that, like freaking bones breaking and stuff like that. So what? fighting to me back then scared me because of that so I was scared to get down so when I got my first fight I was like oh okay this is you know yeah. I could do this so you were there was like some trauma back there that, <laughs> was real, that, yeah. that you probably weren't really able to put your finger on you just felt when it came to confrontation that it was just triggered and yeah yeah I remember like backing out of a fight because I was so scared because I heard, and she used the law with her, you know, like she would, like I heard about knives getting pulled out with her, like she was crazy, like she was crazy. Um, but it was never a thing that like was confirmed. It was always rumors that, and so I was scared. Like I was like, no, I just got brought back to like when the cops would come, fucking blood, of like just things like would just come to my head. So I would get really scared. Yeah. Yeah, I think for me more it was like I've spent I've spent a lot of time thinking of why I was so afraid to fight because I actually grew up. My mom was would always have us fight, us cut, put on boxing gloves, wrestle, whatever it was in the in at, at home with all the cousins. So I think with me it was a lot of uh, like feeling like alone and like I was going to be. Uh, embar- like some sort of embarrassment feeling <laughs> and just being like alone being alone in that confrontation is that was something that really that really uh, just scared the hell out of me when it came to confrontation and there would be times where maybe I would just get punched or uh, um, not in a fight but someone just being mean coming up and punching me or or someone just coming in to shove me and by reaction I would punch or shove back and as soon as I did that I would like freeze and of course they would keep doing it but i would just freeze because it like my my logical mind kicked in and my reactional mind just shut down <laughs> and but yeah it was like um it, it it was terrifying um but i think you and i share that 
when we actually made the decision and went through that, just like what most fears, there was there was it was a great feeling and it opened up our world and created so much confidence in us. Mm. Um, again, that doesn't mean that you should go and start <laughs> fighting people, but on the street anyways, but. but you should train. You should train boxing. You should train martial arts, kickboxing, Muay Thai, whatever it is. So you can do that in a, in a healthy environment and, you know, and compete and, and go about it that way. Yeah. And now like you, it's also like you grow that confidence. There's times where I turn down fights cause it's like you really, I, it's just a waste of my time. Yeah. And, and looking back when you were, when you were young, because this sticks out to me in my head is, uh, did you ever like do any self-talk at home? Like, and ask yourself, well, why do people think that way about me? No, I loved it. (laughs) It worked. It hyped me up. It boosted my ego. Yeah. So you didn't give it any second thought. You're just like, well, no, keep it going. I enjoy it. Yeah. Uh, For me, uh, you know, after, maybe a rough day and some some bad like just you know people being mean to me i would look at my i would look at myself in the mirror and i actually had great self-confidence as far as like self-esteem wise um at least i guess to a certain point obviously but i would look at myself and i would say well you're a good looking kid you know you're handsome <laughs> you still do this <laughs> you're a you're a, you're a nice you're nice to people um you know you're 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 friendly you're respectful but i think the big thing that that caused me to um probably be a victim was i would ask myself why do people treat why are people mean to you like i would look at myself in the mirror again i would do ask myself those questions like why would they be why would they be mean to you you're these things like why would they be mean to you where of i think what that did to me was uh, that didn't give me any empowerment right that mm-hmm. that would that a better question to ask myself would have been um what are you going to do to stop people from being mean to you and that would have put my mind in a different place because all I was doing was kind of reinforcing it and asking why. So you could imagine if I'm going to school with that question running through my through my head, why are people mean to me? That's what I'm attracting. Yeah. Like they're um, um that that's what my body language is doing. That's what my mom. That's what my like you know my aura or whatever you want to call it is putting it out there and inviting that stuff. So I think the power of self talk of self talk is um is powerful. Uh, but it can go bad and it can go good, but it's up to you to make it good. Yep. So that was law six, court attention at all cost. Judgment, everything is judged by its appearance. What is unseen counts for nothing. Never let yourself get lost in the crowd, then or buried in oblivion. Stand out, be conspicuous at all costs. Make yourself a magnet of attention by appearing larger, more colorful, more mysterious than the bland and the timid masses. Thank you for listening. If you found value in this episode, please share it. If you would like to support Solid Foundations and instill confidence in the youth through martial arts, work ethic, fitness, and family values, please consider becoming a part of our Solid Contribution Crew. By enrolling in our BRIC program, 
your monthly donation goes directly towards growing solid foundations to help more youth and comes with some nice perks for you. You can also see how your donations are being used when you follow us on Instagram.